She listens to old punk rock, Black Flag, X, The Germs, Agent Orange, and drinks half a bottle of gin. And she feels young again, in all the wrong ways. Reckless, Book 4, The Ghost in You, by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean Phillips. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. It's been a while. I'm Josh Buckley, and my one and only pulpy little mouse man is the one, the only. Uh, Travis Rats here. It's been so long. How does this show even work? Uh, insert pun here. Uh, in, insert joke. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a while, Travis. We've had a nice little summer vacation. Yeah. But, but here we are, back again. You're packing to move to another foreign country. Yep, this happens. Um, I'm ready to start another new job somewhere. So I, we're both in the same boat. I just don't have to move my house. I feel like if you were to just randomly click on our playlist episodes, there's a one in five chance you're going to listen to an episode that starts exactly that same way. Yeah, yeah. It's quite possible. It's quite <laughs> possible. You've, you've, been, you've been bouncing around like a pinball, my man. Uh, it's been a uh, while. Someone's moving. Someone's starting a new job. But you know what we're always doing? Yeah reading some comic books we're reading some comic books uh welcome to the comic exposure podcast where travis and i dive into graphic novels or trades or shoot the breeze about what's going on in the comic world you my friends are on a comic book club episode where travis and i are going to talk about a book and a book that i'm just gonna spoil it we love the first three will we love this one uh, we are reading the fourth book in the Reckless series. We read the fourth book in the Reckless series. You can go back and find an episode where we read the first three and talked about all three of them. We said that this is going to be, this is this is what we will do. Yep. Anytime an Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips book comes out, we will read it. We'll Stop everything. We Stop. are just, Stop we everything. are simps. For, we, we just need those two men to keep doing what they do. This book uh, is an image graphic novel. Uh, it is, again, written by Ed Brubaker, drawn uh, with art by Sean Phillips, colors by Jacob Phillips. Um, I don't have who Give the... him the title. Give him the title of this fourth book. Oh, it's uh, The Ghost in You. And all book. my ghosts, they're all my ghosts are in you. <laughs> we got to use it again. Yeah. Uh, the, the, ghost, the Ghost in You. Uh, this book, I'm just, just go pick it up, guys. Go pick it. If you haven't read it, pause the podcast right now. Go get it. It comes in a pristine. You hear that? That's hardcover, baby. That's what that is. Uh, I still need to go back and buy books one and two in hardcover. I have book three in hardcover. Mm -hmm. Book uh, book four in hardcover. Um, Let's let's get into it. Let me tell you something, Josh. Uh, I went down to a little Tucson comic book which uh, comic book store when I was down in uh, Green Valley called Heroes and Villains. Shout out to that Mm -hmm. store. It's a great comic book store that actually has wall-to-wall comics and these large, large uh, bookcases of trades separated out in the genres. I mean, how often do you see Ooh. that in a comic book store? So it's like if you want I like horror, a genre one. You want horror? Great. If you want detective? Great. And when I pulled up to the detective shelf, guess what they had there? All 
all the Sean Phillips, all the Brubakers. And so I said, I've been meaning to buy this for a long time. Could I get them a little bit cheaper on Amazon? Absolutely. But did I want to support my local bookstore and my boy Sean Phillips and Ebony Brubaker and buy all four in hardcover? The answer, Josh, is you betcha. You bought all four in hardcover. Yep. Yep. It was, I, a, it was a pricey excursion. And I'm like, I've read these. I immediately went back and reread one and then read the, uh, the last one. And these are books that I will constantly come back to, I think. Uh, I, am, I need to get the first and second one uh, and complete my collection. Um, I am in a very, like, prestige collection of hardcovers right mm-hmm. now. That's all I want. Yep. If it's a regular trade, I'll get it on digital. Yep. But when it comes in such a beautiful hardcover or if it's oversized, like those stupid black label DC books, they just got my number. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Because it looks good on a shelf. I am not buying good I am hands. not buying floppy superhero trades anymore. No. I know that sounds harsh. I know a lot of comic book fans listen out here and they like the super stuff. I'm not saying I don't like superhero books. It's just I don't want more items in my house that I don't absolutely love the textual feeling the look right. of the I probably thing. It, I probably won't read it again right like yep. those trades when I read a trade unless I find like a gem then I might I might grab it but really um, I'm with you man I, we talked about this last time about how our reading habits are changed so I don't want to get yeah we won't get too deep there. let's get I don't want to get book. too deep into that but let's let's talk about this book the first three books really fo- uh, follow Ethan Ethan, Ethan Reckless, Reckless. Great and reckless. Great, still a great uh, name. A great, still a great name. Fantastic. This book uh, focuses in on his partner. Um, remember, if, if you've read the other books, Ethan is a private investigator who runs his business out of an old movie theater. The L. Ricardo is a yes, nod L. to uh, Lucy and Ricky. Uh, Brubaker says. Yes. Uh, and uh, Anna, or Anna, I think it's Anna. Uh, I think it's Anna. Is it? Anna or Amy? It's Anna. It's Anna. It's Anna. Yeah. So Anna is his his partner. She kind of runs the phones for him, helps out, and does some of the research for him. Well, in this book, Mr. Reckless is off doing his thing, and this focuses in on Anna. And, and it was kind of a fun change of pace. You and you read this long before I did. You read it like right, right when it came out. I think you pre-read it. Right when it, it came out, yeah. And uh, you're like, oh, we should like we're gonna do this book, right? And I was like, yeah, I gotta get it. And I was slacking on it, and you. Didn't you? You did not t- uh, tip your hat to the fact that it was just an Anna book. Yeah. And at first, you see her on the cover, and you're like, "Well, Ethan's gonna be in here." And the amazing thing is, I'm like a quarter into the book. Ex- like, I'm like, "Oh, we're just we're starting with Anna, but Ethan's gonna come in at some time." I got so far into the book where obviously it's not gonna come in. And when I got to that yeah. point. I didn't care, and I thought I would when I first started opening the book. I'm like, is this an Anna book? And I'm like, no, it'll show up. A quarter came by. I'm like, holy smokes. I read the first beginning of this book. There's, there's going to be no Ethan in here. Yeah. It is a, it is a interesting – I think it's a really interesting play. Um, Anna is a great character in those first three books. She becomes a really big piece of that third book. You really get to know her a little more. You get her story. You learn about you know some tragedy for her. And then we get this shift to this book and it feels like a good, like a good palate cleanser, right? Right. Like you get to take a sidetrack. It's like that episode of a TV series where we're just going to follow that other character for one Mm -hmm. episode and learn more about them. Uh, And this, I really enjoyed hanging out with Anna and like doing a story that wasn't, she picks up 
an ex, you know what I mean? She, like she does one of his cases for him, right? Like it doesn't, it's not like that. Well, what's interesting, you know? what's interesting, like a little bit of a spoiler alert here uh, as far as the next book. The next book comes out in October. And so we don't see Ethan until the very end of this book. And he's like, he comes back in and takes over the narration. And he says, I've been in San Francisco. And we know that he's in San Francisco the whole time. The next Reckless book is going to be what Ethan was doing in San Francisco. Yes, yeah. And so it's and like, so it's, hope- it's these stories happen congruently. It's just that we got Anna's story first, and then right. we're going to go. And that that feels that feels really good to me. It's almost yes. like a little yeah. universe within itself, and I love that. Yeah, I, and it feels just like the other books. It doesn't feel like a different story, even though it's a different character. It very much sits in that, you know, grubby... 70s 80s sort of like california that we're seeing yeah yeah Yeah. and and it is it it's it's delightful so the the, really to give like just a quick rundown of the story anna gets a case and it's really helping find the lost dog of a former b-movie scream queen yep who turns into who is like an elvira character in her later years she ends up hosting those like midnight movie marathons and, and well-known sort of like B horror screen queen thing. Um, and Anna gets wrapped up into looking for her dog and then gets dragged into this twisty, turny horror mansion whodunit sort of, sort of vibe. Um, and it was at Lorna Valentine is that, that screen queen who she's helping out with sometime in the middle. She gets, you know, attack. She thinks it's she thinks it's a ghost in the in the mansion is supposed to be haunted, right? So this whole thing happens. It used to be a Catholic school, mm-hmm. and, and, we and so we'll talk, about, we'll talk about the history of the mansion. Yeah, yeah. So a very kind of cool rundown. Well, uh, and then, and it, then the up, sub the subplot is is also the mother issues. Uh, her right. mother comes back into the picture, and we have the the B plot is her relationship with her mother and her mother's trying demons. new yeah. her mother's new boyfriend and her trying to like scope out whether he's good or not right mm-hmm. um good summary so, good summary yeah great I, it was so let's let me ask well you, i wrote Travis, can, I, can i can i can yeah. i can i can yeah. i can i finish can i finish no I, I wrote when you're doing that i wrote down things because i didn't want to interrupt but there were things that i feel like we can expand on like point by point yeah. and one of the first things yeah. that you said that i absolutely love is Night, uh, old Scream Queen. Like, this yeah. is why Brubaker is great. It feels like Brubaker, like, when I was gone, raided my apartment and, like, took notes <laughs> on all the things that are going to get me off. Like, he opened that side drawer. He opened that side drawer next to my bedstand and he was like, What's going to get this guy off if I put it in a comic? And he's like, B movie Scream Queens. And I'm like, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let me talk to you about like what is your what are your thoughts on Elvira as as a child coming up in the eighties? I'm sure you saw the movie. I'm sure you're familiar with imagery. What what kind of awakening did that that I give you? There's it's a cleavage you'll never forget, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's it will always be there. And to me, I think like Brubaker. So we read the Fade Out a long time ago on here. Another great old Hollywood story, Mm -hmm. a noirish Hollywood mystery story. Um, and I feel like he just is a wealth of L.A. knowledge and mm-hmm. just like playing with that Hollywood theme over and over again. And that's sort of like 
the seedy underbelly of things, but also like just playing with that genre. And and we've talked about it before. Like this is the I mean, cult Ethan one. Reckless. The last one was the, the yes. cult. Yeah. And right. Ethan Reckless is that sort of very a New York character, right? That sort of trope. I mean, you could go back and go Western and then pull it into like the detective in the New York detective or Chicago detective. But this is in the, this is in that we've West coasted it. And if yep. you're going to put it on the West coast, it's going to have movies, baby. If yep. it's in LA, it's going to have, if it's in California, you're going to have that. And he takes that imagery, those, those ideas and those things and just sprinkles it in. So good. So good. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. And you think at first I got a little bit nervous because I thought the Scream Queen movie plot line was going to be too similar to the cult snuff film of the last one. Yeah, but because we're seeing it through because we have uh, Anna Anna's yeah Anna's eyes, and because it's slightly different, it's it's kind of nice that he can go so niche that even though we're dealing with old eighties horror. Hollywood stuff, it still feels like a completely different story with a completely different type of of tension and right. Plot. And it's and it's not it isn't a Hollywood plot, right? She just the character just happens to be a B movie screen queen, right? It doesn't have any the story doesn't have anything really to do with her as a Hollywood person or her past, but the house. Right. The house as this sort of and this is a very, this is a very, like, this is a great way to do this, right? Like, it's not a haunted house, but let's give it a story. Let's yep. give it a, let's give it character. Let's make it matter. Because you we all have those houses. No matter where you were at, no matter where you grew up, there was the house. The house that you didn't want to go by. I mean, it shows up in so many stories, Right. Right. Um, I'm currently reading. I'm rereading the Dark Tower right now by Stephen King mm -hmm. and the mansion mm -hmm. in that book yep. is that haunted house. Right. That's place where oh, maybe things didn't happen. For some reason, it's still there. They should have tore it down. This is that house. I was reading a um, John a Dardanelle, the singer from Mountain Goats, put out a book about a murder house, like a house that. Um, there was this ritualistic murder in and he's writing the story as like the writer who's a true crime writer. Mm, so it's that house again. This key. is just a trope. Yeah. It's a trope that shows up again and again in in it, in Stephen King, right? It, it's continually in this Stranger thing. Things in the newest season. Right. It's been right. the, what the you, Creel house. What do you think it is about that? What do you think it is about a house or this mansion? Because it's always a giant. It's never usually like this tiny little thing, right? Right. It's always this big house. And why do you think that plays such a role, Mr. Well, English teacher? Well, here's why, a, why do you think that is? Maybe I, maybe I'll come to it for this. As you mentioned, I put horror mansion on here. We and you're West Coaster. You've you've driven through California, Los yeah. Angeles, and you know the Hollywood Hills, those houses. Yeah. The thing about America, though, is all our architecture is fairly new. Right, it's all yeah. fairly new compared to the rest of the world. It's certainly, especially in the, especially in those mansions on the in West Coast. On the right? West none Coast, none of them are. Yeah, so none of I, them are like old slave quarters. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like old like plantations that, you know? or like the you know uh, pre uh, like colonial uh, things that we have. Right, on the East and if Coast. they look like that, they were built to look like that. So right? it wasn't original architecture. So like what 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 Brubaker's doing in here? He's taking one of those Hollywood Hills houses. I mean, you know, we're talking about the late. 
uh, early 1900s, right? Uh, these houses in California were built when Hollywood started being built. And we talk about this old film star. So what he's able to do is because Hollywood has so many of its own kind of shady mythology, he builds yeah. it on like this this actor who has this money who builds this estate, and we know Laszlo Lemoyne, which plays <laughs> on like what we are previously know about some of these what the the bacchanalia that went on in these Hollywood Hills homes. So yeah. you set that as your base, and they're like, okay, well, you know, that could be haunted enough. But then the next generation, as you said, the house now goes over uh, over to a uh, a doctor. A, a, a very yeah. uh, a wealthy surgeon in L.A. who ends up killing his family. So now yeah. we have the murder on top of the Hollywood intrigue. And to take it even one step further, the next generation that buys it is a, a, a Catholic nun reform school. Yeah, like they, no one will buy it because of the murder. So, of course, the Catholics are like, eh, we're good. We'll take it. So <laughs> within, like, this is the 1980s when this book takes place, Three leaps in owners and the territory it's in gives it this long enough and varied enough history that it doesn't right. matter if the house is only 80 years old and hasn't been around since, you know, this wasn't like Paul Revere rode by this house and or like Harriet Tubman smuggled right. slaves through this house. He's able to, within a few creative leaps, within only about 10 pages, tell us the history of this house, which already gets us to the point where we're like, okay. Right. This and, is, and let's and let's be honest, Catholicism is creepy. It yeah. can it can feel like it. There is those sort of like the tropes of Catholicism in Hollywood, right? When you think of the Omen and you think of you know like possession and stuff like that, and it's always it's never like a youth group pastor from an evangelical church who's like, "Let me cure you, Satan! Like, let me right, get Satan right, out yeah, of yeah, you!" Yeah. Right? It's always like, uh, I need a young Satan? priest. <laughs> I need a young priest and an old priest, right? It's always very, and so the the nun is this this mythical thing for people when you put it in a story. Catholicism in this reform school, this place where they kept you know girls away, you know what I mean? Mm. This sort of very that gives it a spooky thing too, right? Yeah. Well, let me turn your question back on you. Uh, yeah. I didn't because I didn't answer it directly. I was going more talking about what Brubaker did with this house. Yeah. But what do you think it is? Um, in our like literary canon that draws us to this spook house. Well, okay, so let's. There's a couple different. We could look at it through the eyes of like, um, if you want to do like a really Marxist take on it. Okay, you could say that what is a what does it represent? It represents the dream of being wealthy, right? The unattainable mansion that none of us can have, and then you see this run down thing this you want this thing but it's a scary thing because you'll never get it and you won't attain it all so i think i think, the, uh, I think uh, the mansion is this fixation great expectations miss havisham's mansion yeah. in that it's like that you know yeah. the old cake wedding cake that was never there you're right it does have even a tradition beyond horror as just a representation of the ideal of wealth now uh crumbling and also uh, right. uh, analogous to the city of L.A. in some ways itself, especially, you know, in the 1980s, you know, right. as it being this representative sort of, of this golden the Hollywood. Golden yeah. Right. The, wow. the golden age falling in, in all of that. And you think if you think of like the stuff that comes out, the, the genre of horror that comes out in the 70s and 80s that really focuses in on these things, um, you could even think of, uh, you know, The Shining. It's not a mansion, but it's this giant 
ridiculous hotel with chandeliers and where raging parties were held and all of those things. It, it, it is this unattainable dream. This and this thing that you'll never get. You can never have this house because yeah. this house is disgusting and it's falling apart. But man, if you like, what would it be like if it were yours instead of this dilapidated thing, right? So I think he focuses in on this very American ideal. Yeah. This American wish for the lavish giant house. Right. And it's unlike European, it's not inherited, it's earned. Right. 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 It's sought well, after. Well, we think that it's yeah. right. Like yeah. but the American dream is to is, have that McMansion. Right. Right. Um, there's a show on, on HBO. I don't know if you've watched it. It's called Hacks. Hacks. No. And it's about this comedian who um, has a residency in Las Vegas. And she's super rich, has all this money, this giant mansion in Las Vegas. And she's in Las Vegas. That's what she does. But she has another mansion in L.A. that she never goes to. And so for some reason... They're on a road trip and they stop at it. Well, she's on, she, she's trying to do new comedy and is going to all these places. And they go there and she's like, I haven't been in this house in forever. And there's a CD playing on loop in the PA system through the whole house that they can't turn off. But like she's never she hasn't been there yeah, in she's years. Not used to it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the song is just playing on loop over and over again. And it very much reminds me of this, this old mansion, right? Yeah. At one time it was very cool, but it's not the modern anymore. There's this sort of like, you know, this this something wrong about it right you know so let's move on to who so we have that match it was really good i love the marketing yeah. idea that opened up a lot and, and made me think about like it works on a whole different level now for me um is uh uh anna as yeah. our protagonist we've talked about her before previously but probably not too much because i think we did all three books at once last time right, right so what we have here and sean phillips is on record as saying this is one of his favorite characters to draw because I can, I, I believe it. It, it, it. It's it's still in the pulp noir detective, but it's his. It's purple hair. It's glasses. It's a black flag T-shirt. So it's the manic pixie dream girl. But um, if she were, uh, oh man, what's her name? Um, she always played. Do you know, like, uh, Janine uh, Garofalo. Oh, it reminds yeah. me of like. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah. like that's she was always sort of the punky edgy from like friend like mystery men, mystery men, Jeannie yeah. Garofalo, <laughs> or like pre mystery men when like oh um reality bites, yes, yeah, right, like that's what it reminds me Daria. of Daria, um yeah Daria, it is very Daria, yeah, it is a very sort of dark, it's like Daria and Daria's friend if you mushed them together, yeah, that's what you yeah get, I feel exactly, um but it she's a great character. It was fun to spend the time with her and kind of get what her stakes are and where she's coming from and why she's doing this. You learn like she'd just love the El Ricardo and why right. that's important to her. And like, you know, you see her as the boss of that. And it's yeah. just really interesting sort of play I, with her. I don't want to add another. We covered like the things to it, but just popped my head. Ghost World. This is like if one of the Ghost World oh, yeah. girls went on like a, they yeah. do go on a mystery, but that kind of reminds yeah. me of, of that. And I think that um, uh, it is. It's cool, uh, and oftentimes I find myself in, I think in other runs, when we look at traditional, uh, like a long comic run, like something like Why yeah. the Last Man, we think of something a story like this as a filler story. And for some reason, this doesn't feel like a filler story to me. No. Because that character has been, the groundwork has been laid on that character uh, in the other three, and 
by the time we get to this one, it's set up enough that I'm just like, okay, I like this character. Um, it, 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 she imbues a lot of the things about Ethan Reckless that we like, so it's not like we're 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 seeing it through totally different eyes, um, right? But if this was an Ethan story, if Ethan got this mystery, what do you think we would have lost in this story if it was uh, Ethan going well, into this? Uh, other than the mother can, stuff, yeah, obviously. Well, her mother stuff and the connection to the movie, right? The connection to the Scream Queen, the connection to that. Ethan would have wouldn't have taken it because he would have been like, "It's a dog. What do I care about finding your dog?" Right? Like that wouldn't have. No, he, she says have... she says she takes the case because she goes, "This is the kind of, exactly the kind of taste, case that Ethan would take." At one point in the story, and it was yeah, she but just... it still it still feels like a, a different sort of you know. It definitely feels like Ethan Ethan would have used brute force much quicker right right and yeah. so she doesn't and so she does a lot of the sleuthing and a lot of the tailing and a lot of the following and a lot of the like that piece of it so it gives you this different and she's not she's not good at it she gets her jacket caught on stuff she gets yeah. caught several times by like the local police officer in there yeah um yeah she's not great at it no and i think it gives you i think it, what it does is it lets you play with that sort of story right what we're in, but give you a different version of it. And I, I really enjoyed this sort of this direction to go play in this part of the sandbox and kind of learn more about this sidekick character who's so kind of there and plays a a part in the first three books to be able to go spend some time with her. Because at the end of book three, we learn about, you know, how she dies and what happens with her and, and that sort of thing what happens with her and Ethan um, and how they sort of like drift apart. Right. Um, And so after that sort of like, Oh, that's a bummer. Right. Then to come to this and find and be able to kind of hang out with that character, I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think she holds it down really well. Um, Yeah. What else we want to talk about here? Do you want to get to talking about the art of this bad boy? How, like it, how many different ways stay? can we talk about Sean Phillips? Yeah. How many, like he is, he's so good at what he does. Um, and you know, the coloring is fantastic here. Uh, the lines are sparse when they need to be They're sparse. Loose. The They're loose is, lines. Yeah. Yeah. The ink is heavy when it needs to be heavy. Um, he just does such a good job. You know, there are times when he draws a face and it gets the two little dots for eyes and it feels like, um, uh, What's his, the the kid with the hair? Um, the Doug old timey. I uh, know Tintin. It looks like oh, Tintin, yeah. right? You've got these little Tintin eyes on characters in the background, and he draws them like someone in the background might have this very cartoony thing. But then you then he knows when to zoom in, and he's he does such great acting, and he does such a good job drawing Anna in her face and her reaction and the way you can you get how she's feeling in all of these moments without, you know, the need for giant heavy dialogue, but there is giant heavy dialogue and it's wonderful. Yeah. Right. Like it's there. It's great. Um, but you get to see her face and her expressions and what she's thinking. Um, and he does such a good job. with. It. I read a, uh, uh, well, it's relatively recently. It was like in May, uh, the LA times did an article on, uh, the reckless series and, you know, uh, brought in some stuff about 
uh, Brubaker and Sean uh, Phillips. So I don't want to say this is my opinion, but it's, it's obviously there. I think we might have touched on this in previous ones. But when we think about the L.A. this world takes place in, one is Sean Phillips is from uh, England, right? So I know Brubaker sends him tons of reference. So it's not like, yeah. hey, here's what one, here's a, a Circle K from the 1980s. It's like, here's 50 different uh, 7-Elevens from the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a sense of, we talked about like the, sometimes when we read L.A. Noir, like L.A. is really like super grimy. And I think that's, me- I think uh, Phillips mellows that out. It's almost like a dream state, this L.A. Uh, it feels very much like what you want L.A. to be. right so it reminds me of i mean it feels all very we haven't had a really dirty city la it's a lot of like and this happens out in the suburbs where all the houses are ranch style right Right. and and it they and i think that plays that architecture plays really well with his strength as an artist right that sort of sparse lines instead of all the decorativeness of a of colonial homes and all this stuff it's literally like that ranch style like it, it plays really well into his style. Of well, and also the, like the yeah. accuracy of the places, like the places they go eat hot dogs and then the places they go get drinks and the hotels they yeah. stay at. Those were all real places in LA at the time. And so he wasn't there. He doesn't have like the real experience of it. So he's using this reference materials and then mixing it in probably with his own foreigners aspect of what LA was like in that time right. period. So it's, it's reference, which is like direct material, but filtered through obviously photographs. And then, you know, there's, I, I can't help but feel that there is a little bit of England in this, like the English <laughs> coast, you know? The, it, I, it, I also think like the coloring really helps it not be as dour and is, I mean, it has this very sort of. The coloring is a, is a main yeah. character in this book. The California sunset palette, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how else to put it where like, you know, that that car is probably like an orange, but for some reason it's like this very pinky, like coral color. And you know that like that grass is probably green, but the way he colors it, it's this very sort of pastel Easter green. And you just, it, it is that dreamy California dreaming washed out sort of coloring, right? Uh, here's, it's not harsh. Here's what I want to do, Josh. And I just thought about this right now. And I don't know yeah. if I ever have the money to do this, but you're a homeowner, so you know this. Here's what I want to do. If I ever make enough money, get an apartment. I want to hire an interior decorator, and I want to hand them a reckless book. And I want them. <laughs> I, I don't want just to be like, this is the palette. I want like figure out what's best for the, this wall in this room. Yeah. Here's what the couch is. Find my rugs. Find my couch. Find all this stuff. But I it needs to it needs to feel like it's a panel from this book. The, the color and the style. I do. I do love that. And it really is this. The coloring is. It really has this sort of airy dream feel to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not. It's harsh, creams it's not and heavy. oranges and browns. Yes, it's, it, right. It's this very sort of. And it all feels very creamy. Yeah. It doesn't feel harsh. Like you think of like a, a noir New York book. The reds are going to yeah. be just. It's going to be harsh. The yeah. gray is going to be steel gray and what he does here he's like no it's like a powdery gray no if i I distill into something it would be an orange cream root beer soda that is what this book is (laughs) yes and it's in it's it's amw baby it's like their logo yeah (laughs) it's it's just 
it is a tour de force to look at these four books all together. And it is, these are two guys at the height of like at the pinnacle of what they do, just doing what they do really well. I just don't want to live in a world. I I just don't want to live in a world where at least one of these books doesn't come out a year. And this is it, Travis. I mean, we talked about this last time. This is how I want comics. Yeah. This is how I want comics. Give me that prestige story every couple of months that I can. I'm looking forward to October because this book is coming out and Halloween. But uh, because this book is coming out, I'm like, wow, in October, I'm going to get in the mail uh, a beautifully bound book that I'm going to open up. The colors are going to spill out of me. There's going to be a fantastic tale with twists and turns, a character who is so much fun to follow and uh, a a ton of research that's going to bring an era in time into my lap. Right. And and it's done so well. The story good. So I, like, what's in my cart right now? Um, what's what I have pre ordered right now is all very prestige books, right? Mm-hmm. I've got one black label DC book coming my way, uh, Rogues, which is a beautiful story. It's like a beautiful. I was going to ask story if you wonder. They the Rogue Three, right? The Rogues Gallery. Book three just came out, and there's book four is last one I think. Okay. Um, I've got the next reckless book i've got the um the hulk grand design right yeah. i've got that i saw I'm that in the, the store X-Men. that looked good i'm staring at the x-men one and the fantastic four one and so i've got this hulk one coming for me i've got human target which is again uh tom king who does these really great he's doing them in issues every month but i can wait for his because i know it's going to be 12 issues and I'll just wait till it's done and I'll get it. And it's going to be a hard cover and it's going to be great. And it's going to look beautiful. I'm reading one right now. I'm reading strange adventures, his book that he did with doc Shaner and uh, Mitch Garrods. And it's great. And it looks beautiful. Those are what I want. This is what I want my books to be. DC black labels got my number. If the more that image does this, they got me. Right. Right. You know, they put some, what did we, we read one. It was um, Declan Shelby's book. The the swamp one, uh, Texas. with like the murder. Texas. No, no that, was like, that's other Phillips. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the colorist on this. Yeah. He draws that Texas blood. Um, oh man, it's a Declan Shelby book. It's in Ireland. It's there's oh a, oh yes yes, the yes 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 um he's coming out with another one because we had two Declan Shelby books. The one, yes. the old Irish one. Hey, oh God, I, I can't remember that. It was. I'm I can't not, remember, but it's the, those are the books where, like, okay, you just gave me a, a one and done story. I'm gonna buy it. and I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna love it. Do that for me, just like that. Those are the things I I'll read. I just started reading the dare the new Daredevil run. It's picked up again. Zadarsky's doing it. That's in singles. I'll read that. It'll be fun for a little bit. I'm not going to buy it. I, if I'm going to do a trade, I'll wait till it's on sale and I'll get it digitally. Yeah. That's where I'm at with superheroes right now. Yeah. It's these other tales that I want to feel it. And unless it's like this prestige superhero book, then I'll mm. grab it. But it's just a one and done story. It's not part 548, you know? Right. Well, let's, let, uh, so we got a little bit of time here. Let's talk about this. Cause I know some yeah. people might've tuned into this. They're only into reckless. They search reckless on, uh, uh, Spotify or Apple Tunes podcast. Maybe this co- this episode came up, and so they're probably up to date. They've read the four with us. They probably know what's coming out in October. Maybe they have an idea of. We know it's going to be Ethan in San Francisco. 
I completely trust Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips to take me where they need to go. I have no doubt they're going to take me there. But let's just play uh, predictions. What do you okay. not want to happen? To, is there anything that that they could do where you're like, oh, I don't want it to go into the '90s, or uh, I don't, I, you know, like, is there what could they? Let's just play fun. What could they do yeah. that you think would screw up this streak they're on with this series? I want them to hang. I want them. To, I think what is cool about this is that you can bounce back and forth in time. And I think that that's fun, right? So you could tell you could tell a story with Ethan when he's in San Francisco, and then later you could be like, "Oh, let's do this early case. Let's do one a, of his." A lot like cases. Constantine, you know. Yeah, it reminds go, me a lot go, like that. Let's go do. Let's go back and tell this old story of when before this happened, right? Uh, before he was jaded. I think to me, they have to be careful. Um, I don't want to tell them to write a book. It's not like they're listening and they're going to be like, oh, thanks, Josh, for this, this yeah. sage wisdom. I'm worried. I don't want it to get too repetitive, right? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't want it to, I don't want the same types of cases. Because right now- To always had, like, be linked to a film, you know? We had, the, we had, the, we had the, you know, the snuff film one. We had the sort of like drug trade one. We, we had, had the, the cult. You know, yeah, we had the, no, uh, the, like the bombers, the like the, like the uh, radical yeah, group. The, the, yeah, the weather underground sort of group. And now we've got this sort of old Hollywood mansion story. Yeah. So I th- I think what's nice is that, look, California is a gigantic state. It is huge. The differences between San Francisco and L.A. And then you, you could go down to, you could do something in San Diego. It's a yeah. little different. It's a little more Mexico. You could go up, you could go somewhere. You go to Sacramento and do something, you know, with the politics of California you can play with this giant place. It's not like, it, you know, when it's in New York, it's in New York, it's in New York because it's New York City, mm-hmm. right? Or that, or they're in Jersey, right? They go to Jersey and they go there and it all is very the same. I think the cool thing about California is how different some of these giant major cities are right. in California. And also like you know? uh, art-wise, I think you nailed it on two things I want to see, or at least one of the things you said. I want to see him in Tijuana in the late 80s. I want to see because I want to see I want to see what uh, more so what Phillips does with that architecture and that and, and bringing that color palette to that and also reckless uh, Ethan with his kind of you know brute force yet surfer attitude what he does in like this uh, I think I think he would have a deep respect for that culture and try to navigate that that kind of world I also want to see him on a boat a boat would be a good a good boat one that would be yeah. good. That's why you think about, you know, like, oh, he's in, you know, he's in San Diego. He's in, you know, he's going to San Francisco, the Bay Area, right? Is he is he out in the Bay? Like, what are we getting? And I'm, I'm look, they're going to tell a good story. I'm going to get it. I've already got it pre-ordered. Uh, I'm there. I'm in, baby. So, yeah. I mean, and we're, we're going to do it. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. And you're like, we well, have how can you, like, do all this? And it'll, there'll probably be half an hour episodes, but we got to talk about it. And so we might as well record it. I got to. So, um, favorite panels, man. Did you have a favorite panel? Well, I don't have mine because that... I sent it. I read it in the States and I sent oh, it back to right. me. Um, so I can't, I can't think of a favorite panel right now, but it's so hard to pick it in, in that one. Um, yeah, there's a really super fun panel, and I think it plays with color really well. It's when Anna um, punches her boy, her, uh, in the nose. her mom's in the nose. And it is such a wonderfully crafted picture it's black in the background then you get that flash of her punching him it's a brutal sort of punch she rolls up 
the quarters in her fist when she does it. It is she you can see her reach into her pocket in the panel before she punches him in the face and then oh, a roll of pennies. So then she like you see her open her hand and it's like and even more preferably with a roll of pennies in your fist. Right. right? Yeah. Like, and I like it's like it, like just the play of it is that Ethan and her story, Ethan had spent years trying to teach Anna how to fight. But there was only one lesson that really ever stuck. Always land the first punch, preferably in the nose, and even more preferably with a roll of pennies in your fist. Which, like, how good is that? Yeah, and it's also great because that's what Brubaker does a lot. Like, he brings in, like, this research. Like, oh, how would you, like, how could you punch someone? I remember in the first Reckless, they did something when you're tailing someone, take a screwdriver and poke a hole in their taillight so it, if you, you can follow farther behind and you always know the car you're following because there'll be that brighter taillight. And, like, yeah. that small, like, detective shit is... Yeah. That he that he knows so well in the genre or brings to it is just is just great. Yeah, super fun. I enjoyed the book. Great stuff. Go read it if you haven't. Go read the other three if you haven't. Get all four of them like Travis in one shot. Spend a hundred bucks and like have the best week of your life. Read them in order. You, you don't have to, yeah. but for the for the Anna stuff to like enjoy this fourth one, I think you you'll enjoy yeah. it a lot more if you read the first three. I think for sure. I think this is one where having her knowing her and the other stories is 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 fun getting to see where she's at man that's it you would you've been traveling you've been reading anything else uh i've been reading books man i've been re- so real, like, speaking of speaking real of which, books so i have uh the uh john mcdonald the uh, travis mcgee novels which brubaker takes a lot of his inspiration from on this i was reading uh-huh. these digitally this year because i've been getting into the pulp detectives and then i went to bookman's there and I'm like, I'm just going to pick up a bunch of the original paperbacks. And they're like, super this. So I read through a bunch of those. Uh, I read through just, I just reading book books, man. Uh, and it's been fun. I mean, I got to get back. I, I got to, I got to jump back into some comics. We took, and, and we just took take summer some vacation. Risk. Yeah. We took summer vacation. Uh, we didn't force ourselves into some, we didn't pigeonhole ourselves into reading some weird set of things this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we can get right back into it. I'm super excited. Um, to get back into it. There's some things that we wanted to read, but there was delays for those books. Like they didn't ship when they wanted mm-hmm. to ship. So we've got a couple things piled up that we want to, that we want to get into. Um, remember that folks, uh, for me, I've been reading a lot of books. So I read, like I said, I'm rereading uh, Stephen King right now. I read the first three books of the dark tower. Um, I read a little novella TKO, the comic yeah. company has started putting out little novellas, little $10 novellas. Love it. I picked up one was good a hundred pages, super quick read, interesting little story. If I didn't love it, it's okay. It's a hundred pages. I needed to fit Like you could finish it and go like, it was fun. Right. It's not like I spent 700, 400 pages. And I was, I was like, I didn't really like this one, but yeah. the hundred pages I love, I love a good short story. And this is just, it's the longer short story. Right. You it's, know what I mean? You could read it in uh, like uh, two hours. Yeah. It was good times. Uh, and then I have comic books. I just read, um, Suicide Squad, Get Joker, a black label mm. book, kind of playing on the, the the popularity of Suicide Squad right now, but not the normal cast of characters that you've seen. It's Red Hood and, of course, mm. Harley Quinn, because Harley Quinn's got to be in it. But the other cast of characters, different folks. Um, it was kind of it was kind of fun to see a different take on it. I don't know that I loved it. Um, I, I wouldn't say let's do it on the show because there was just something about it that didn't jive with me, but yeah. damn, does it look pretty? Okay. It's a pretty book. Nice. It's a hardcover. The art is gorgeous. Um, cause it's, it's, uh, Azarello's writing it and, um, Malieve is doing the art on it. It looks great. Um, but it felt 
I think the pacing with some of these DC black label books can be tough. Okay. Um, but well, I there's a bunch out now. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody there are just, that's just what they're doing right now. Right. Oh, you want to tell a story here? Go do it. Yeah. You got three issues, three or four issues, make it happen. Hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I've been reading that. I'm looking forward to doing books again, getting back in the show. Uh, remember folks, you can find the podcast at comicexposure.com. Uh, you can subscribe, like the po- uh, podcast and follow it on any podcast app. Um, but the big two are, are helpful. If you like, or subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts or Spotify, you can rate the show. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. And, uh, Anything else before we go, Travis? Just, you know, we're, you know when we're going to see them? We're going to see them next trade. 